the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. Today's episode, week five NFL recap and our Monday night football preview, Raiders Chiefs. To wrap up week five, we will get to that as well as the hot read. Maybe one, maybe two hot reads for week six, just after midnight here on the East Coast. Sunday night football has wrapped between the Ravens and the Bengals. So full 14 games to get to. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen, with Brandon Anderson and Joe Gallant. We are all of Action Network. Really appreciate all of you tuning in. Uh, As a reminder, before we get into the picks, folks, you can follow along uh, on the Action app, our two accounts that we do our Best Bets episodes every Thursday. Uh, They get pushed out on Friday. We do those records on Thursday, but you can follow our two accounts, Sunday Six Pack and Action Network NFL Picks. So be sure to check those out. Let's get into the recap of Sunday. We'll start Sunday night football. Overall, folks, like these games are like, eh, eh, there's some good stuff. And there was like nothing like that really jumped off the page, though. Nothing that came out of the oven feeling really spicy and delicious. But uh, hey, Justin Tucker, game winning field goal at the end. What else is new with the Ravens? They get a bounce back win after blowing it to Buffalo. Uh, We'll start with Brandon Anderson here. So 1917 Bengals do cover getting the three points. So the Bengals cover They're five and oh to the under the Bengals. So they, they play in these low scoring rock fights, Brandon Anderson, like their defense, it it didn't look promising early the way Lamar was finding Mark Andrews, but ultimately the Bengals deliver and John Harbaugh kicked a field goal for crying out loud. (laughs) Yeah. So last week to recap, John Harbaugh goes for it on fourth down, doesn't get it. And they lose the game, right decision, wrong outcome. This week, he kicks it on fourth down, and it looked like it was going to cost them the game, but then it ended up leaving enough time that Tucker got the field goal. So to recap, wrong fourth down decision, right fourth down decision last week, wrong result, wrong decision this week, right result. So setting analytics back for years. This is, you know, Harbaugh knows what he, what he knows. The fourth down, too, is complicated that earlier, I think first drive of the second half, the Ravens line up on fourth down, get the quick snap and you think you're just going to try to get a quick one. And we got Wallace streaking down the sideline and Lamar Jackson has the easiest touchdown throw of his entire career and just overthrows it. I think next gen stats had 65% likely completion rate, which, you know, on a bomb, we're talking like normally 25, 30% sort of thing. So that was a layup and would obviously have totally changed the game you wonder if they're starting to second guess themselves on these fourth downs. You know, you went for the one last game. You didn't get it. You went for that long one. You had the play. You didn't get it. So we'll see what that looks like going forward. Ravens nearly blew their third 10 point home lead of the season. Three home games, three 10 point leads, nearly three losses. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm not sure. That you know, Baltimore got the win, but I'm not sure they're feeling really great about the process right now. 
Jill, one of the things you brought up in one of our recent recap episodes is, you know, Baltimore, should we really consider this team to be a top favorite to come out of the AFC? And you saw some signs of that again in the second half. You're like, okay, I see, I see the flash, but the finishing capability is shaky, isn't it? Absolutely. And you're seeing right now at FanDuel, uh, their Super Bowl odds. Uh, it was about 12 to one before the game. Now it's up to about 14 to one. I think it's still a fair price, but uh, I am a little bit worried about that, especially the decision-making of Harbaugh, because I mean, when you have Justin Tucker, that is the insurance policy of where instead of banning kickers, you have the kicker, like he is the golden boot. So you should try to take advantage of that as much as you can, because that's more efficient than a lot of these fourth down plays that they're going with. And I think the Bengals, I think they just really missed T Higgins today. Uh, Tyler Boyd could not get any separation. Jamar Chase, he had, I believe, eight targets today, but really they had to rely a lot on Hayden Hurst. I mean, Higgins, he killed them last year, guys. Like 19 catches in both games. He caught two touchdowns the last time they played each other. But uh, there is a positive thing to take away from this, guys. Burrow threw an interception. That was one of my bets for this game. That's an interception now in each of his career games in Baltimore, three straight. And a nice little trend that I'm kind of still playing. I'm going to be playing it as well for tomorrow with uh, Derek Carr is uh, road quarterbacks uh, have now thrown an interception in 12 of 15 primetime games. And I'm seeing Derek Carr at minus 105. It's looking pretty juicy. I'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later. Hopefully Joe Burrow catches up with Matt Stafford, because if I recall, that was one of the early takeaways for the season. Like, okay, Joe, like uh, you got to catch up with Matt here uh, based on the preseason reporting on Joe Burrow and the injury that kind of set him back a bit. But uh, yes, the Ravens deliver on Sunday night, some other games from the day. How about the bears covering by the hook seven and a half. If he got it, they cover, but the Vikings do win 29, 22. So if you got the seven and a half bears deliver Kirk cousins daylight, just a different human being, but somehow (laughs) just likes to make it difficult. Brandon Anderson. Yeah, that was going to be interesting. This is now five of six Bears-Vikings games that have come down to one score, and it shouldn't have. It really shouldn't have. The Vikings go up 21-3. Kirk, I think, is 17 of 17 to start the game. And really, if you look at the Vikings, stats at Vikings the end. Vikings record. A Vikings record, 17 mm-hmm. straight completions. Yeah, you like Aren't that. you proud of him for doing that? Uh, you, you have to be excited about it. You look at the stats here. 74 to 47 plays for the Vikings. They practically doubled them in yardage, over 400 to under 300. Vikings were 12 of 15 on third down. They're absolutely unstoppable on third down, 4-4 in the red zone. All that is great. All that is domination. All that is, wait a minute, the Bears led in the fourth quarter? What happened? So I felt all right about that. I had Bears' side on this one on that post-London trend. It didn't really play out with the way the Vikings dominated, but the Bears did hit their team total over, as the London trend had predicted. And again, every team that has come off that London game without a bye week has now been tied or trailing at some point in the fourth quarter. That happened on both games today. So Amir Smith-Marset, Bears receiver, he was on the Vikings a month ago, and he had a block in the back on a long Justin Fields touchdown that got that called back. And then he got stripped and gave the ball to Minnesota to secure the win. So I don't know. My guy might be pulling off his jersey, revealing a Vikings jersey underneath. I think he got that win for us today. Joe Gallant. How about them Cowboys? They do it again. They do it again. 22 to 10. They beat the Rams. And 
Brandon Anderson, you can chime in after this, but there was some plus money out there, some value plus money. Rams to miss the playoffs. And look, that we're a long ways from that, but the, the Rams, I'm sorry. I, I know Cooper Rush has held this thing together here, but I can't help but take away from this game. What's up with the Rams? Dallas wins 22-10. They cover whatever number you got, four and a half, five, five and a half. They, they deliver. They win the game outright by 12. Yeah, and uh, I mean, both Brandon and I had the Cowboys to miss the playoffs before the season started. A little bit mine was maybe a more emotional hedge, whereas I think Brandon was playing <laughs> the numbers here. But uh, I think we just have to give it up again for our Lord and Savior, Cooper Rush. Uh, and again, uh, I'm not going to really start uh, getting into some of the content that I've watched this week, just betting content of people just saying that, uh, you know, the Cowboys are fluky and, uh, you know, just trashing them. And a guy that I respect dearly, Dr. Nick Giffen, his luck rankings that he published at actionnetwork.com had the Cowboys as the sixth overall team in his luck rating, as in that they should not be where they are. And we beat both teams that were in the Super Bowl last year. They beat the Rams, they beat the Bengals, and they beat a Giants team that beat the Packers today as well. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I think it's just the defense. I'm not used to seeing this as a Cowboys fan. Again, 20 points allowed, or they haven't allowed a team to get up to over 20 points season highs by the Bucs. Um, really, I just can't wait for next week to watch this Cowboys-Eagles game. I think that's going to be the game of the week. For sure. Brian, quick thought there on the uh, Rams missing the playoffs? Yeah, I got to chime in on both sides. I'm going to speak on Nick Giffen's behalf. I think the Cowboys go up in the luck rankings this week. Dallas opened the game with a fumble six on the third play of the game and then a block punt. They basically got gifted a 9 nothing lead. I literally I have it. in my notes... Fluky Dallas win. So it's not just out there on the interwebs and deep Dallas Cowboys Reddit. This was a fluke. The Cowboys had 239 yards. Our boy Cooper Rush got outproduced by Cooper Cup. Battle of Coopers. The wrong Cooper won this one. But yeah, Rams, two and three now. Look at the schedule coming up. This is not a team that looks like the playoffs right now. They go two on the road. Tampa, New Orleans, Kansas City, Green Bay, the Chargers, those are all road games. They still play the Niners. They play the Raiders and the Broncos. Tough games still. They got twice against Seattle. Those look tough now. Next week, they play the Panthers. That's a little breath of air. It's the last breath of air this team is going to get. I think they're in real danger of missing the playoffs. They don't have an offense right now. They have a Cooper Cup. That's it. So, yeah, I wrote about this in Friday Futures this week. The Rams were, I believe, plus 182 to miss the playoffs. I have to believe that number is going to be a little shorter after the loss like this one and a loss to a team that the tiebreak might matter here when it comes down to a playoff spot later on in the year, too. So a Super Bowl champs, they might be in a little bit of trouble here. So a barn burner in New Orleans between the Saints and the Seahawks. This was a this was a wild game that in the fourth quarter, back and forth, long touchdowns. Between uh, Taysom Hill has a breakaway run. Geno Smith continues to look sharp. But Brandon Anderson, the the London angle uh, goes to Luke Swain this week. You, you came up just short. But look, Seattle hung around in this ballgame. Saints do win, though, 39-32, a two-point conversion crucial to all of this for that cover. Five and a half, uh, Saints cover and win. Yeah, that two-point conversion basically decided who ended up covering. This was back and forth, and you mentioned the London angle. We keep bringing it up because actually the takeaway, the main takeaway from the research I did was whoever played in London, the week after that, you want the other team's team total over. The Seahawks hit their team total over. That was the best trend. 
I just pushed that trend a little further and took Seattle and Seattle money line. We didn't quite get there, but Seattle also led in the fourth quarter, 32-31. So again, we keep bringing this up because that's seven for seven now. And don't forget the Packers and the Giants just played this morning as we are recording this. So they play again next week. That's why you need to hear these trends because these trends are up again for both of those teams next week. This was a fun one. Back and forth. Taysom Hill, like Sean Payton is just in a fever dream out there somewhere. Taysom Hill has three rushing touchdowns, a passing touchdown. Dude recovers a fumble on special teams. Like this is like nine man football, North Dakota. You're playing every position, every play. Taysom Hill, game of his life. I thought the Seahawks were pretty good though. Geno Smith was pretty good, over 10 yards per attempt. Lockett and DK Metcalf at almost 200 yards and three touchdowns. The CX averaged eight yards of play against a defense we think is pretty good. They just weren't good in the red zone, and they especially were not going to third down on one of nine on third down. I still like Seattle here. I still feel pretty good. The defense is rough, so I think we're looking for Seattle overs, but CX did pretty well. This was a really fun game to watch, and I think the Seattle team is legit. Jill, watching Chargers-Browns, I kept thinking, who will outslop the other at the <laughs> end? Because these two franchises just run into themselves so often when it comes to just dumb crap that happens at the end of these games. And the Chargers prevail, 30-28, missed field goal Cleveland at the end to win the ball game. But uh, th- this one, too, there's bugs all over the field. It was just weird. It just, it just fit the... It fit everything that these two teams are about. The Chargers do cover uh, one and a half. That's what it closed out on the action app. That's what I'm seeing here. A lot of varying numbers on this game. What was your takeaway here on Chargers-Browns? The Chargers were basically trying to charge her again and again and again. Like, (laughs) Brandon Staley, like, actually had his luck go this way. Usually it goes the opposite way when they shoot themselves in the foot like that. Uh, Going for it on fourth down. Like, when you go for it on your 48 the one yard line, Austin Eckler is averaging like over 10 yards per carry. Why are you throwing it to Mike Williams? I'm not saying that Mike Williams isn't capable, but I just, you've been getting 10 yards per carry in this game and you need one yard and you pretty much sealed the game, but they turned the ball over and then Cade York misses the 54 yarder. but pretty much this is kind of the game that we saw last season. That's why on the best bets pod on Friday, I did take the over 47 and a half, you know, they combined for 89 points last year, but it was pretty much a score fest. Like teams were, they were just both scoring pretty much at their own pace. And uh, depending on your POV, like, you know, either they couldn't stop the run or they were both running effectively. I don't know which way you want to lean there. (laughs) You know, either the defense was just Swiss cheese or they were just blocking so well that they could get whatever they wanted. Um, And honestly, I think one of the most impressive things, and we'll talk about this maybe a little bit more when the Titans game comes up, but on the touchdown show, I don't generally endorse parlays, but we had a super deluxe touchdown boost for the touchdown show uh, for Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry to score a touchdown parlay at plus 300, boosted to plus 300 rather, and that came in in the first half. So uh, you could see right away that basically the Browns offense from a running standpoint, they could do whatever they wanted. And it was evident today. It's just too bad that they couldn't get that field goal to win the game. And Mike Williams goes bananas, 10 for 134 without Keenan Allen. Chargers have enough offense to prevail in this ball game. So we're going to get to frozen pizza games soon. But if you're a Steelers fan, you want to throw this pizza away fast. But <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo rolls, 38-3. They cover the two touchdown spread, our biggest point spread of the year. 
uh, for, for any matchup, but the, Brandon, this was, this was never really close. And Gabe Davis goes bananas too in this ball game. It looked like early Pittsburgh putting some pressure on it. It reminded me, it, this reminded me a little bit of Pittsburgh, Kansas city in the playoffs last year. I'm like, Oh, defensive touchdown. Pittsburgh's going to hang around. No, they're not. They're not going to hang around. Buffalo blew them out. Percent on third down, but it's third and 10 throwing into the wind way down the field. Oh my goodness. This is going to be 98 yards to Gabe Davis. A 98 yard explosion. Josh Allen, first half, just the first half, four touchdowns, 348 yards. That was a Buffalo record and a half. Our guy, Gabe Davis, has the 98-yard touchdown and then an even better touchdown catch later in the game. Three catches, 171 yards. The Bills are over 10 yards per play for the entire game, even though they basically didn't try in the second half. They had eight separate 20-plus yard plays. They scored 38 with an interception in the end zone and a fumble at the one and a missed field goal. They still scored 38. Josh Allen... MVP sort of game. I know it's just Pittsburgh, but he's averaging depth of target over 13 yards and he was nearly one whole EPA per play finished with 28 EPA. So just monster, monster game. Allen has to be the MVP favorite. This is why the bills are the Super Bowl favorite still. So Pittsburgh. Yeah. You want to throw this one away. Worst Steelers loss since 1989. That was 51, nothing to the Browns. If that helps you understand how long ago it was, the Browns beat someone 51 to nothing. So Pittsburgh's pass defense in trouble. Tomlin, I think we're probably going to get that first losing season finally. But Pittsburgh fans, I thought Kenny Pickett was pretty solid, to be honest. Playing on his back foot basically the whole game. He took a few sacks, but 327 yards. The one interception was right before halftime. Just kind of a long one trying to keep it going. But Steelers had six drives of eight or more plays. They were moving the ball against a good defense. I think, honestly, if you're a Steelers fan, like this sounds crazy. We know you're not supposed to win anyway. I think you have to feel a little bit encouraged. The whole season right now is what's Kenny Pickett? And I think you feel pretty decent about Kenny Pickett. Feel better if you're a Bills fan. Pittsburgh in the wheelhouse to be in contention for the number one pick with Carolina, Detroit, and Washington all at one and four. Those four teams are in the lead for potential number one pick uh, possibilities next year. Moving on, this this to me, this this could have cracked the, the, the deep dish category if you're in for a, a main course meal. It was in London early this morning. Green Bay, New York Giants, Dayball going nuts after the game. He's fired up with all the, 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 the London folks. The, the Giants, they not only cover the eight-and-a-half-point spread, but they win outright 27-22. Saquon Barkley goes off down the stretch, speaks very highly of his quarterback, Daniel Jones, Jill. This NFC East is blowing me away. I, I can't get over how good these four uh, three teams, the commanders, you get out of my face. But the uh, the, the Eagles, are, we'll get to the Eagles later on, but Dallas and the Giants, they're in the mix of four and one, but th- this is a good win for the Giants. Absolutely. And I generally don't like to give really any of any of NFC East team credit, uh, but the way that it, it goes both ways, they took advantage of these opportunities in the second half and the Packers kind of blew it. And no. because they had first and 10 at the Giants 15 at the two minute warning and they give two carries to Jones and then two passes that got tipped like right off a guy's helmet, basically. But they had four drives Packers to had in the second half. That's a punt, punt, 
turnover on downs the way that just happened. And then the Hail Mary that happened at the end, that wasn't going to go anyway. And then it was game over and they would have been shut out in the second half if it wasn't for the intentional safety. Um, and it's been kind of a trend right now for the Packers in the second half. Uh, I think uh, four of the five games when I just went to look through it uh, before we recorded here, uh, they haven't scored more than seven points in the second half in four of the five games. So uh, it's only the Patriots game that they were able to get more than a touchdown uh, in the second half. So their, their offense is really stalling. Honestly, I think the biggest takeaway for me, Gary Brightwell, running back three with the New York Giants. Uh, we have a new profits leader for the anytime touchdown leader. He hit today, guys, at plus 4,500 for an anytime touchdown. Uh, but right now I'm seeing the Packers at, 13 to one right now at FanDuel to win the Super Bowl. What have we seen that, that it would show that this is a Super Bowl winning team? Like I would rather set my money on fire than bet that right now at that price. Folks, I let these two normally give the analysis. Here's all you have to know. The corpse of Randall Cobb had 13 effing targets in this game. Randall Cobb is the go-to guy right now in Green Bay. The absence of Adams has mattered to the Packers and it, something's going to change there. Okay. One of our favorite parts of the podcast, the recap show, we get to the frozen pizzas because some of these games just flat out sucked. And uh, quite a quite a bit of the 14, a lot of them kind of stunk today. So let's whip right through these. Brandon, we'll start. The freaking Dolphins. We took a minus three. You were in on the minus three. But uh, Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt in the first quarter. That sucks. Uh, Michael Carter had two touchdowns, but maybe the Jets are like legit. I don't know. 40-17, the Jets, they clearly cover. Yeah, Teddy gets hurt on the first play, literally the first play. play. So we bring in third string Skylar Thompson, not exactly Bailey Zappi out here, did not get the job done. But look, the Jets fans, let me say some nice things for you. Brees Hall, the rookie running back, 100 yards receiving, almost 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns for this team. Zach Wilson has been good both of these games. Zach Wilson has been good two games in a row. I'm not sure he had two good games all of last year, but... Skylar Thompson wasn't good, and it still was 19-17 into the fourth quarter before some turnovers and turnovers on downs gave short fields and let the game get away. Let's temper expectations a little bit here. The Jets beat Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, and now Skylar Thompson. You're 3-2 and two in New York. Enjoy the win. Let's not get a little too high on ourselves. It's still a long road ahead, I think, for the Jets, so looking maybe to see if the line moves a bit too much on this team. I was dead wrong on this one. The Jets are looking better than we thought, but let's not go too crazy. Jill, there is one team in the NFL that remains unbeaten against the spread, the Atlanta Falcons. They do lose 21-16 to Tampa. Bucks don't score at all in the fourth quarter, and Atlanta makes this interesting. Uh, the Falcons are a covering machine. That's about all I got for you. And Tom Brady still gets Tom Brady calls. Uh, oh my like God, rough, that's true. The, that was terrible. The rough in the passer penalty basically sealed the game. And it was just ridiculous that that was called. Uh, I'm not going to say that the Falcons should have won that game, but it just, I felt like they got hosed there. Uh, Marcus Mariota just, again, slowly decaying in front of our eyes as a quarterback. <laughs> but yeah, just Tom Brady still gets Tom Brady calls. Well, you know, summer reading's well over, but we're into the fall and there's another chapter in Carson Wentz. Carson Wentzing, Brandon Anderson, at the end of this game between the Titans and the Commanders. Titans win 21-17. They cover and it comes down to Carson Wentz and he just, uh, yeah, he throws a pick in the end zone. Well, just about the end zone. Yeah, he does. Last play of the game. They're trying to push, trying to get into the end zone and it's another interception. Should have thrown an interception the previous play if we're being honest. He connected on some deep balls in this one. The overall numbers look good, but Carson, my guy, you can't keep giving the ball away. 
This was a Thursday night game if we ever saw one. Like, I mean, we got Derrick Henry and Carson Wentz and the Titans and Commanders. Who cares? Who cares about these teams? Except the Titans we have to care about because they're three and two division leaders now. But for me, this is their third straight win. All garbage wins. The Titans had 241 yards in this game. They average under four yards a play against the Commanders, who are not a good defense. So I don't think you feel good about either one of these teams. Here's your feel good. Brian Robinson, our guy, got shot a month ago and is back not only on the field after practicing this week, he led the team in carries. He had nine of their 12 running back carries. So Brian Robinson might be the guy going forward for this team. Sorry, Antonio Gibson. They really don't like you in Washington. Those rookie of the year looks that I think one of you had earlier in the year that, that that's looking promising, but of course we're happy for his health and we're happy he's out there. Let's go to Eagles Cardinals Eagles win. They win again. They, uh, they hang on <laughs> credit to Fox, the footage they got of the kicker, uh, Amendola missing kicks pregame. That was freaking hysterical. That producer deserves a raise because he shows three misses pregame. And then what does he do? He misses the kick at the end to extend the game. Kyler Murray thought he had a first down, but he slid too early. He thought he had the first down that it turns out it's fourth and one. What the hell? Like just classic Cardinals crap. They went down 14, nothing in this game. Uh, Joe Gallant Cardinals do cover the spread though. It was a pretty gross bet to make and I felt gross winning it, but that's right. You won that too. Wins a win at a plus five and a half. But I mean, the swings on this game in the last two minutes is why it got really sweaty because the Eagles, they could have scored another touchdown there. They were basically at first and goal, like, and they had to settle for a field goal there to go up 20 to 17. Then Kyler starts driving down the field. He does that slide. And then they missed the 43 field, 43 yard field goal to tie the game. Uh, and again, uh, the Kingsbury trend comes through again, underdog uh, when he's an underdog versus coaches with no Super Bowl wins. He is now 13. Oh, and one against the spread. Uh, unfortunately, this trend will not apply next week as he's going to Seattle playing a Super Bowl winning quarterback or uh, coach rather and uh, is minus two and a half point road favorites against Seattle. And again, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that line. I'm kind of wondering if maybe that should be flipped. We will come back to that one. I'll tell you that. Let's whip through these last couple. I got really nothing for you on Houston Jacksonville. Does, <laughs> does Trevor Lawrence stink, Brandon? I don't know. 13-6 Houston, they cover plus seven. It wasn't great. Jacksonville's defense continues to be great. I'm still in on Jacksonville, but the Jaguars were 0-3 on fourth down, 0-3 in the red zone, two turnovers. They can't keep making the mistakes that they're making. The defense is great, held Houston to 248 yards, basically almost nothing until that game-winning drive. Houston's actually won nine in a row against Jacksonville. So there's, there's some weird voodoo thing about Colts go to Jacksonville, they lose. Jacksonville plays the Texans, they lose. There's weird stuff happening. I'm still in on Jacksonville. I'm going to buy low again. I'm going to keep playing this team. I still like them in the division. We fade Kingsbury on the show. We also fade Matt Rule, who is, again, reminder, folks, he's not a favorite. And it won't happen anytime soon, as Brandon Anderson warned all of you a couple weeks ago. And 37-15, the Niners throttle the Carolina Panthers. They cover the six-and-a-half-point spread quite easily, Jill. Uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo just keeps winning games here, but this Niners defense is pretty damn legit. And Baker Mayfield smells. Yeah, and I think from a Matt Rule standpoint, uh, he, he might be a nice guy, but uh, he, he might want to start packing his bags uh, because they're 1-27 in 27 now. 1-27 in 27 when an opponent scores 17 points or more <laughs> and 5-23 and against the spread. Right now in the NFL, there are only three teams in the NFL that average less than 17 points. So that means for 29 other teams, it's an automatic win when they play Carolina. And to call the Panthers the 29th best team in the NFL, 
Seems about right. Let me grab my thermometer. Brandon, let me hit your head. <laughs> He's got zappy fever, baby. Bailey zappy. He's got zappy fever. Patriots win 29 nothing. They cover the three-point spread. Pat shut out the Detroit Lions. It wasn't all about Zappy. It wasn't. The Pats had a good running attack today. Dan Campbell did get Dan Campbell stuff. And uh, the, the Lions, they lose to an over for the first time this season. The Lions did not. The Lions, they didn't score any points. It was it was freaking comical, uh, some of the stuff that happened today. But the Patriots, they, they get a bounce back. Uh, they get a bounce back win after a tough loss to Green Bay. Hard to go over when your team scores no points. <laughs> so uh, we, we were just like a couple weeks ago where the Lions were on this ridiculous streak of like 16 straight quarters with a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And now we went four straight quarters with no points. So Lions are the first team in NFL history to go all of six on fourth down. They moved the ball pretty well. They just kept stalling out. Lions going to the bye week. Their offense all banged up. They need this. They need this early bye and I don't know, Dan Campbell, one and four. We like the vibes, but at some point you got to produce here. So uh, I feel like I wouldn't be shocked to see something coming out of the bye week. Maybe Aaron Glenn, the D coordinator, I don't know, something might have to shift uh, coming out of the bye because hard knocks vibes are not enough anymore. So after all that, 14 games that we just recapped, eight and six record against the spread for underdogs. They once again, climb ahead above 500. They are continuing to do well. Uh, they are up 15 games over 545, 30 and two, a couple of pushes in there against the number this season, Friday, best bets, episode four and four. Uh, we got Joe Gallant's first half bet on the chiefs, which will help transition. Now he likes the chiefs minus four first half full game line at seven and a half Raiders chiefs, Monday night football. Uh, Jill, we'll start with you. It's a seven and a half point spread. As I said, full game, 51 and a half for the over under. How are you feeling about the, uh, the minus four pick? It's at four and a half now first half between the chiefs and the Raiders and also some anytime touchdown possibilities. Yeah. I mean, I'd still play it at the four and a half, but obviously I think it's obviously better at minus four because of the key number. Uh, but uh, I still think just the way that their offense has come out in these first halves, I think they'll still blitz them and be up by at least a touchdown at halftime. Um, and speaking of touchdowns, uh, the guys that I like, I like Mac Hollins to be able to get another touchdown at plus 275. Hunter Renfro will be back, but uh, even when Renfro was playing, uh, Mac Hollins was still playing over 80% of the snaps. He is being a little bit more of a, a deep uh, route uh, uh, guy for uh, Derek Carr. Uh, on the KC side, kind of like in the rookie, Isaiah Pacheco, maybe getting a little 10 Tyreek Hill vibes. Uh, he looked great versus the Bucks. Uh, 11 carries, six and a half yards per carry, much stronger run defense than what the Raiders will present. And then, of course, as I was alluding to when we were talking about the Burrow uh, situation there, uh, Derek Carr to throw an interception right now is minus 105 at FanDuel. And I think right now people should be getting on that bet ASAP because he has an interception in six of his last seven games against Kansas City, four straight games at Arrowhead, and both of his road games this year. And you know that he's going to try to force the ball to Devontae Adams at least 10 times tomorrow. Uh, I I would be betting the house on Derek Carr, uh, a smaller miniature house for ants, but not an actual house. (laughs) Well, and of course, like from a game script standpoint, if you like first half, look at the spread in of itself at seven and a half. It's a a trailing game script for Mm -hmm. the Raiders playing catch up or just keeping as any team does. Even if it's zero zero or a tie game, you always have to think we got to we got to get sixes and sevens when we play this team. Uh, to keep pace. Brandon, when you look at the total, the spread, what to you is, is the play for Raiders Chiefs? 
Yeah, it's annoying that we're on the wrong end of the hook here at minus seven and a half because I feel pretty good about the Chiefs, but boy, I wish it was the six and a half instead of the seven and a half. So I might be looking to kind of wait it out and play live, see if I can get the Chiefs under seven instead. Here's the numbers looking back. In the rivalry, Chiefs have won 13 of the last 15 games against the Raiders. They have scored 28 or more points in eight straight games against the Raiders. So I look for the team total, however... We're at 30 and a half right now. So again, I might wait a little bit, see if I can get something under a 28, maybe just like an opening long Raiders drive or something like that. During those eight games where they've scored 28 or more, they're averaging 37.4 points a game. So maybe we don't need to worry about it. Just get the team total in now. Mahomes is 6-0 against the Raiders. He's 4-2 against the spread in those games, covering by 10 points a game. So we like them here. You figure Mahomes is going to throw all over on this defense. And the question is just, do the Raiders move the ball? Do the Raiders score? And they have been moving the ball. They're just not getting it in in the red zone. But that's the sort of thing that can swing. So if you like the Raiders here, let me give you a couple numbers that support you. We talked on Friday about divisional underdogs these first five weeks. Divisional underdogs of six and a half or more points are 60% against the spread. Today, they were 3-0. and All three teams covered and the Bears almost won, and the Falcons almost won, and the Texans did win. So if you like the Raiders, that's a good spot for you. And only three of the last 20 such underdogs had a one before today. The Texans won, but two of those teams that lost were the Chiefs in a division spot. So if you like the Raiders here, I think your play is the money line. Home Monday Night Football division favorites of more than seven points – are only three and 11 over the last decade and six of them have lost outright. So I think you either wait for your spot on Kansas city, take the team total or chiefs something under seven. If you like the Raiders, I think you just got to go all in and, and try to go for the kill. Okay. Very good. So there you go. There's your Monday night football preview uh, between the Raiders and the chiefs. Before we wrap up the episode, Let's take a quick look at week six lines. This is the hot read. Hot route. Blue 17. 19 Sally. 19. Louisville Soul Train. So what the guys do and folks that are just tuning in maybe for the first time, they're going to just target a line they like in advance before stuff starts to move as the week goes on. So it's not as much about analysis of a matchup but it's anticipating a shift in the line before kickoff to get the best number so you're going to go back to the well on thursday night football brandon i am we said before carson wentz and the titans felt like a thursday night game well maybe it's a preview because we get carson wentz on thursday night commanders and bears carson wentz and justin fields make alternate plans but let's be real you're going to be watching anyways. We all watch our football. We're going to settle in, get your frozen pizza out ahead of time for Thursday night and take the under. We're getting gross. I'll take the under 39 and a half. That number is only going one direction. We all know we want to fade both of these teams doing anything competent. So here's the numbers. Primetime unders 11 and four so far to the under this season. Thursday night unders 40 or below. 27 and two to the under 74% by eight points per game. Thursday under is in this range, 37 to 40, 18, four and one 82% by almost 10 points. Now I will point out 
One of those four was our stupid Brown Steelers game from a couple of weeks ago that we had. We had it our number on our hot read until the last play of the game. But I like our chances here. Take the 40 if you can find it, 39 and a half. Washington's under 40, three games in a row. The Bears are under 40 three times already this season. The only thing Chicago does well is run the ball. That's the only thing Washington stops well is running the ball. I don't see good things happening for this game. You're going to watch anyway. We might as well make some money together. Okay. Well, this was our week five recap episode and our week five Monday night football preview between the Raiders and the Chiefs. Uh, Heads up to all of our listeners out there. The MLB playoffs, they're underway. That means starting tomorrow, Action Network's baseball betting podcast, Payoff Pitch, will have new episodes every weekday throughout the World Series. So if you want to bet some playoff baseball, check out the Payoff Pitch podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast. For Joe Gallant, Brandon Anderson, Brendan Glasheen, thank you all so much for tuning in. You all have a great week. Best of luck tomorrow. And we'll catch you all again for our Best Bets episode on Friday. See you later.